Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Welcome to today's podcast. This is a solo episode and I'm just going to be sharing with you a suggestion for five things that you may like to do before the end of the year. It is wild that we are already in October. Time is going really quickly, although I'm sure depending on where you are in the country, in the world, it might feel like it's going really, really slow if you are still in lockdown. But Nonetheless, it's wild to think that we are nearly at the end of 2021 and soon we will be welcoming a new year. And when a new year starts, it's always really nice to kind of bring that new energy in and focus on what you want that year to be like for you personally. And so today's episode, as I mentioned, I'm going to suggest five things that you might like to do as this year is kind of wrapping up. We're on the downhill now. And then I'm also going to share with you a couple of recommendations for a movie I watched recently, um, a book and a poet that I'm really into and a few other bits and pieces. I will also answer a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram. So if you're not following, you can jump over and hit follow at Kylie Camps and also at The Fray with an underscore. You will find us over there. And I do often open up a little question box and answer away. So I will select a couple of those at the end of this chat. What else? I was saying to my girlfriend Libby today that I have found a bit of resistance around sitting down and doing solo episodes because I just haven't had much to say or much to share. I definitely have been leaning into the cocooning and that kind of reclusive retreating energy that you may have heard Kirsten um, from the Light Path Collective mention to me in my psychic reading. If you've not listened to that episode, it's just a couple of eps back. Kirsten did a live psychic reading with me And one of the things that she said was, you're not grounded and you really need to focus on cocooning and then you will emerge and all of that stuff. And I'm sure that applies to so many of us, but I have certainly just been really, really tapping into that. And yeah, I just don't have a lot to to share right now. Like so many of you with lockdown, there's just not a lot happening And I also kind of am probably trying to learn, I'm always learning the balance of sharing personal things versus not sharing, like what I disclose versus what I don't disclose. I do feel more comfortable sharing things over in the Frey Facebook group. So if you're not part of that, I will put the link in the show notes. It's completely free to join and it's just a community of like-minded women. 
So let's get stuck into my suggestion of things to do before the end of the year. The first one is to spend some time creating a vision board. Now, if you've never made a vision board before and your reaction is, no, thank you. That's a hard no for me. That sounds like scrapbooking. I get it. That was me. When my therapist first suggested I make a vision board years ago, I'm talking like over a decade ago, my impulse was, no, thank you. That's not for me. That sounds like arts and crafts and that's not my bag. But the more she explained it and kind of opened me up to the idea, I softened to it. And since then, it's been a really um, like cathartic and healing activity to do. Creating a vision board is really, really helpful because all too often our life just is so busy and we have so many things demanding our attention that we forget to actually daydream. We forget to pause and kind of wonder what could exist for us and what sort of things we would like to exist. You kind of just go on that default mode of going through the motions and creating a vision board, whether you do it digitally or physically, forces you to bring your awareness and bring your attention to what it is that you would like in your life. So if you have made a vision board before, it could be time to dust it off and update it, which is what I have recently done, like literally yesterday, super recently, I was just adding more things to my vision board. But if you've never created a vision board before, this could be a really nice time to just play with it, just get creative and see what comes up for you. As I said, you can create a digital vision board if you have a tablet or a computer or your phone and you feel good doing it that way brilliant if you are more um, into actually creating a physical version which is my preferred way of doing it just I don't know I'm a bit like that like I would always rather use a pen and paper over taking notes on a device so that feels better for me but there's no wrong or right way it's just whatever feels good for you and when you are creating a vision board my number one tip would be just don't put too much judgment into what you're putting on the board it's not about curating a perfect board it's just about an exercise of actually daydreaming and wondering and connecting to the sort of feelings and experiences that you hope to have so it's less about perfection it's less about judging yourself for what it is that you put on there and it's more about intuition and what you feel drawn to so if you feel drawn to a certain color and you want to put a swatch of that color up there great If you are drawn to a certain word and you want to write that on there, brilliant. You know, it doesn't have to be a super obvious correlation. Like you probably will have those obvious things such as you might put a photo of a house that you love and that you would like to live in one day. Or you might put something really tangible like, I don't know, a photo of the sort of dog that you hope to have but it could also be quite abstract. It could just be a photo that gives you a feeling of something you want more of. Maybe it's an image that represents freedom to you. You know what I mean? Just don't um, put too much pressure on yourself when you're creating a vision board, but definitely do it. Take the time now to do it and set some intentions for next year. And I know that a vision board might be a little bit basic. It's a little like, come on, Kylie, 
we've all done a vision board before, but it's just a reminder that you might like to update it or perhaps attempt it if you actually have not created one before. It's a really, um, it can be fun and empowering and keep your vision board somewhere where you see it to remind yourself of the things that are important to you and what you value the most. Number two, I suggest that you spend some time culling, selling, donating, doing a massive spring clean right now. Go through your house, start in one room and get rid of all of the stuff that you don't need. Go through your drawers. Even if you can't deal with a whole room at once, just start chipping away at certain things. You know, maybe it's the third drawer down, that drawer that we have that is just full of random things like chargers that you no longer need, batteries that no longer work or whatever, but just start to get rid of things that you don't need or want. It can also be really lucrative. If you've never used Facebook marketplace before to get rid of stuff that you no longer want, it could be a nice time to try that because often things that you have lying around the house that you never use, never touch, don't even look at or think about could be really super valuable to someone else. So you might be able to make some money there or donate. You know, if you don't want to mess around with selling anything, just donate it. Have a look online at where you can leave items and let them go. Because when we have all of this physical clutter around, it impacts our mental space as well, which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. When you feel out of control in life, you'll often find yourself tidying things, you know, to give you some sort of a like a semblance of control over your life. And so just engaging in that physical activity of getting rid of stuff you don't need feels so cathartic and feels so good. So that is number two, cull, sell, donate, spring clean, Um, which leads me to point number three, which is it's in a similar vein, but it's more specific. Complete a wardrobe edit. So you may have listened to the episode that I did with Lauren from The Style Files. If you haven't, you can go back and have a listen. But we speak about different ways to edit your wardrobe. And a couple of highlights from that episode include how important it is to actually consider what your style is or what style you like and what style is practical for your life. And I fully acknowledge that editing your wardrobe and speaking about fashion is very surface level at a first glance, and it's a privilege to have the time and space and capacity to do this. But when you have a wardrobe full of clothes that make you not feel great, you know, like when you put something on and it's years old and you don't feel good in it, and it's actually not about how old it is, it's about the item of clothing But say you're still rocking a pair of maternity jeans and your baby is now four years old and every time you put those jeans on, you don't feel good in them, get rid of them. Let them go. Do a wardrobe edit and be really selective with the things that you're bringing into your wardrobe, but be less selective with the things that you're letting go of. It feels really good to go through your wardrobe and kind of go, okay, I haven't worn this in six months. Cool let it go. There are going to be seasonal items, of course, like maybe you have a really big thick coat that you haven't worn in six months, but you will keep that for, you know, next time you go into the snow or whatever. So of course, use your own judgment, but look at your wardrobe objectively. You know, if you haven't worn that tutu skirt that you bought because you thought that, you know, you might have the perfect occasion one day and you've had it hanging up in your wardrobe for two years, 
let it go, get rid of it. Be specific and discerning about what you are bringing into your wardrobe. So you might like to go through Pinterest and collect, you know, images of styling that you like and you will no doubt see a common thread. You might realize that all of the pictures you have saved, like, and you can do this through Instagram as well with saved posts. And I do this and I'll look back through them. and I'm like, oh, clearly there's a theme here. I like denim shorts and plain t-shirts and blazers and nude heels. That's something I like. I am continually saving posts of those sorts of outfits. So it makes it easier for me then when I shop because I know what kind of style I like. Again, I like really structured blazer dresses. So that's what I'll search for because I know they work on my body shape and I feel good in them. So just, I don't know, educate yourself on the style that you feel good in and be selective about bringing those pieces into your wardrobe and let go of the stuff that doesn't serve you. You might have a wardrobe full of boho dresses, but now that you have toddlers, you're not wearing those boho dresses as much and you find yourself living in tights and runners. Like, you know what I mean? Just literally be objective about your lifestyle and the wardrobe you have and give yourself a wardrobe edit. Now, this is when you may like to really set aside the time to sell clothes that you're wanting to get rid of on Facebook Marketplace because then you can reinvest that money into other items that you're going to bring into the wardrobe. Something Lauren and I discuss in that episode is a bit of a rule that I have lived by for years now, and that is cost per wear. When it comes to buying clothes, I always think about how much it will cost me roughly, which sounds so nerdy, um, but let me explain. I will think about how much the cost per wear is, such as I'm happy to spend maybe a higher amount on a pair of really good quality denim shorts that I feel great in because I know I will wear those to the beach. I know I will wear them casually. I know I will wear them with heels. I'm going to wear the shit out of them. But I wouldn't be as comfortable spending a lot of money on a cocktail dress that I might only wear to one wedding every couple of years. I would rather hire a dress. And there are some great hire companies. I'll find some and put them in the show notes for you. One that comes to mind, I think it's called Style Squad. So yeah, just thinking about, okay, if I'm going to spend money on pieces that I'm bringing back into my wardrobe, where do I want to spend the money? What pieces do I want to invest in? Because if I'm wearing them frequently and I want them to hold their shape, I might rather invest a little more over spending that, spending that money on a fast fashion item that will stretch and go out of shape after a couple of washes. Next up, plan something to look forward to or and a skill that you would like to learn or acquire. So depending on where you are again in the country or the world and with your lockdown, etc., you might not be able to plan something super exciting to look forward to. You know, you might not be able to plan that overseas trip with a large amount of certainty, but plan something that feels tangible, but also exciting for you. Is it a trip locally? Is it a gathering with friends when that's allowed? Have a think about something that you could get excited about. Is it next Christmas holidays planning a camping trip or hiring a van? You know, just, I don't know, have something to look forward to because I think that's really, really important. And when it comes to skills that you might like to develop, 
just have a little think. Is there something that you've always wanted to learn in the back of your mind or experience? Maybe it's horse riding on the beach. Maybe it's learning French. Maybe it's learning how to cook. Have a little think. Is there something that's kind of always dropping in for you and like tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, don't forget about me. And just create a little list and maybe a bit of a plan, a bit of a roadmap on how you could have that experience or learn that skill. It could be a real life class or it could be something online. It could be something you've always wanted to do solo. Perhaps you've always wanted to just go and spend two nights away from everything and give yourself a bit of a retreat or go to an actual yoga retreat or a silent retreat. Maybe it's an experience with friends. You guys, you get the idea, but plan something to look forward to and also just consider, is there something that you've always wanted to learn and have a look at what courses are available and make a plan, you know, book it in for next year. Or maybe you can even do it before the end of this year. Next up, number five, reflect on how far you have come. Again, back to my first point about creating a vision board and how noisy life sometimes gets and how it's really easy to look outwards or be distracted and not really be super present and aware. It's really easy to not do those things. But actually reflect, and you might like to journal on this, on how far you have come. What are the things you have been through? It might be in life or it might be specific to this year. Just write down some of the big milestones that you have made it through this year. It's really nice and sometimes comforting to remember that you've gone through stuff and whether it's, you know, reflecting on challenging times and leaning into that reassurance that you have overcome them, that you have built resilience, or maybe it's just going back down memory lane and remembering some of the great moments. And it will likely be a combination of both. You're going to reflect on times that were tough, times that were great. But yeah, just have a little look back at your year in review and see what comes up for you. I think just doing that can be such a nice reminder as well that nothing's permanent. You will make it through the hard times and that there are good times there as well. If really positive things come up, go ahead and share those positive things with the people that were involved or even if they weren't involved, tell someone you love. Just reflect on the good times as much as reflecting on what you've learned from the hard times as well. Now, speaking of things that we are learning, I am learning to relax more. I've been really trying to actual, actually relax and relax in different ways. So in the past for me, relaxing might look like sitting down and reading a book on personal development and growth, but I just need a break from that stuff sometimes. And so escaping into lighter things has been part of that relaxing and also trying to enjoy movies. And I say trying to enjoy movies like it's something really hard. It's not hard. It just doesn't come naturally to me. But when I do it, I enjoy it. And a little while ago, I put a movie on, which I wrote down in my journal because I really wanted to talk about it with you guys and suggest that you watch it if you haven't seen it, because it is such a sad but meaningful movie. And it's a movie that 
I did not pick my phone up for the whole time. (laughs) And maybe that's sad, but I feel like that's a marker of a good show right now or a good movie if you're not tempted to also scroll and half watch it. And the movie is Our Friend. And it has Jason Siegel in it. It has Dakota Johnson and Casey Affleck, who I have a huge crush on Casey Affleck. I think he's a bit problematic um, just in his personal life from what I understand. But I have such a crush on him and his voice. I am a sucker for a good voice. And Casey Affleck has one of the best voices ever. So those three actors are in this movie and it's about a woman who gets cancer and it's terminal and the our friend part of the title is about their friend who really puts his life on hold. It's what it looks like from the outside to go and care for this family throughout the hardest time in their life, no doubt. But it's really layered and you can see that him putting his life on hold and caring for this family really saved him as well. And it's just a... Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Beautiful story and the way that it's shot feels so real. And I think all of the actors in this movie do a great job. And it just had me gripped from the very first scene. And it also had me crying from the first scene. And then properly sobbing in this movie and I don't know about you but sometimes I need a um like a medium to bring something to the surface for me you know like just to have a good cathartic cry and get it all out and yes you're crying about the movie but you're likely crying about something else it's like when you need to read a really sad poem so that you can access certain emotions that us over functioners might not allow ourselves to access regularly. And if you're not an overfunctioner, then you'll be like, what is she talking about? But if you are, you'll be nodding along. So that movie is our friend. I highly recommend that you watch it, but just have tissues handy for sure. Next up, a show. And this was a show that a couple of you, not a couple, like hundreds of you suggested I watch when I put up, when I put up a little ask me anything suggestion box on Instagram. And I asked you guys, what TV series I should watch. And it is Made on Netflix, M-A-I-D. Really good, really enjoying it. I haven't watched all of the episodes. I've watched a couple so far, really enjoying this series. Lots of food for thought. It's about a single mum who is trying to flee a domestic violence situation, but just keeps coming up against challenge after challenge after challenge. And it's like her story, I guess, of perseverance. And it also just gives you a real insight into how that could feel. And so far, I think the show does a really good job of it. There are so many moments in the episodes where you just feel like, oh my gosh, something really terrible is about to happen, but then it doesn't end up happening. So you're kind of always engaged in this like, like this like, oh, kind of, I don't know what the word is anticipation which makes it I guess addictive to watch but yeah I'm enjoying it so far 
and the girl that plays the lead in this series is a brilliant actor and she reminds me a bit of Miley Cyrus. She's got like a Miley Cyrus voice and her mother is a really interesting character and she is played by, I want to say Andy McDowell. I could be, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the actress. She's so well known. It's just got so many layers, so many layers to it. And I'm interested to see what continues to unfold in her story. So that is Made on Netflix. Next is a book that is definitely on the lighter side of life. And it's one that I listened to. And I would suggest listening to the audio version. I was cackling at this book, like properly laughing out loud at it. And I can't even remember how I came across it, but I really enjoyed it. It's called Quiet by Claudia Winkleman. And I don't know anything about Claudia Winkleman as a celebrity. I believe she's the host of Dancing with Stars over in the UK and perhaps on a morning show over there. I can't quite remember, but she's not someone that I know or recognize as a celebrity, but she obviously has some celebrity status over in the UK. But this book is very tongue in cheek, but it's her giving life advice. And there are parts in this book, as I said, I was cackling, properly laughing, where she's talking about the sort of man that you want to be with. And it's a combination of her storytelling and her wit and her accent and her delivery. But she talks about how, you know, you should never go home with a man that can't get you home quickly. You know, if he can't get you home with some vigor, if he is a bit useless at organizing a taxi or I I don't know, I'm not doing it justice, but maybe have a look at the audio version, see what you think. I always just find it kind of comforting listening to someone who is so just themselves. And that's what comes through with this book. And it's all of her life advice down for like from what to wear, what to do with your makeup, um, how to travel, how to pack. There's a lot in there, but it's all really light and very entertaining. So that is called Quite. Now, something that isn't as light, but I do find it still entertaining and makes me feel something is reading poetry by Kim Adonisio. Adonisio, I could absolutely be butchering that. Adonisio, I think. She is an American novelist and poet. She's written many books, but her words just speak to me. She is in her late 60s, I believe, and she writes about life and loneliness and love and vulnerability and kind of the depths of despair really beautifully. And all of her work, not that I've read all of her work, I would like to, (laughs) um, but the work of hers that I have read, it always makes me feel something. Even if I can't directly relate to what she's saying, the way that she writes is so beautiful. So I've just been really enjoying reading her poetry. And I found it a little bit tricky lately to get into novels. I go through stages I've started a couple, but I just haven't been gripped by them. So poetry is always something that's very easy to access. So Kim has written many books, but I thought that I would just read you a couple of my favorites of her shorter poems, because if they speak to you, then you might like to go out and have a look at her other words. So this one is probably one that some of you might have heard before, but it's called To the Woman Crying Uncontrollably in the Next Stall. If you ever woke in your dress at 4am 
ever closed your legs to someone you loved, opened them for someone you didn't, moved against a pillow in the dark, stood miserably on a beach, seaweed clinging to your ankles, paid good money for a bad haircut, backed away from a mirror that wanted to kill you, bled into the back seat for lack of a tampon. If you swam across a river under rain, sang using a dildo for a microphone, stayed up to watch the moon eat the sun, entire ripped out the stitches in your heart, because why not? If you think nothing and no one can, listen, I love you, joy is coming. And I'll just read you two others that I love as well. This one is a bit short. It's called For You. For you, I undress down to the sheaths of my nerves. I remove my jewelry and set it on the nightstand. I unhook my ribs, spread my lungs flat on a chair. I dissolve like a remedy in water, in wine. I spill without staining and leave without stirring the air. I do it for love. For love, I disappear. I don't know, I just think her writing is so beautiful, even though she's not always writing about beautiful experiences. This is another one. This is how I first came about her, this poem. And it goes, Give me the strongest cheese, the one that stinks best. And I want the good wine, the swirl in the crystal, surrendering the bruised scent of blackberries or cherries, the rich spurt in the back of the throat, the holding it there before swallowing. Give me the lover who yanks open the door of his house and presses me to the wall in the dim hallway and keeps me there until I'm drenched and shaking, whose kisses arrive by the boatload and begin their delicious diaspora through the cities and small towns of my body. To hell with the saints, with martyrs of my childhood, meant to instruct me in the power of endurance and faith. To hell with the next world and its pallid angels swooning and sighing like Victorian girls. I want this world. I want to walk into the ocean and feel it trying to drag me along like I'm nothing but a broken bit of scratched glass. And I want to resist it. I want to go staggering and flailing my way through the bars and back rooms through the gleaming hotels and weedy lots of abandoned sunflowers and the parks where dogs are let off their leashes in spite of the signs, where they sniff each other and roll together in the grass. I want to lie down somewhere and suffer for love until it nearly kills me and then I want to get up again and put on that little black dress and wait for you, yes you, to come over here and get down on your knees and tell me just how fucking good I look. That one's called For Desire. So I don't know if any of those will speak to you, but she writes, I don't know, I find her her writing to just feel so honest and it just makes you feel something. And I'm all for that. <laughs> Maybe I've been a bit too numb for a while, but I'm all for the just like, let me feel something. And in that vein, a recommendation is to spend some time over the next week creating playlists that are just for you. Get onto Spotify and create your own playlist for all different moods. 
it's something I've been doing just whenever I've got the time, like sporadically, if I'm early to an appointment, I'll just sit down and sort of add songs to playlists. And I've got a playlist that I work to, which I love. I've got a playlist that I put on really loud on the mornings that I don't have the kids because it just helps me to drop in to, I don't know, a certain feeling, which is important to me. And then I've got playlists for before the kids go to bed, playlists for workouts, depending on what I need. Maybe it's an angry workout. Maybe it's more upbeat and light. But yeah, just my suggestion this week is to maybe swap some time that you might be mindlessly scrolling and swap that with time to create playlists that will bring you joy because there's so much evidence and you know, so many people have spoken about the importance of music and what it can do for your physiology. It can actually change the way that you're feeling. And I certainly believe that to be true. Um, and again, it can just be another vessel to access a certain feeling. I know that when I do handover with the boys, if they're having a hard time, there's a certain song that I'll put on that's a bit sad, but it helps me to kind of have a bit of a cry and get it all out. So that is my last tip for you if you have time or make time to create playlists for different parts of your day and yeah it's just like a creative little exercise so I will pull up Instagram now and answer a couple of questions I'll just choose one or two and then that's it for us okay so the first one is did you end up reading where the crawdads sing or other books on your hit list I started where the crawdads sing And I mean, just started as in read two pages of it and I haven't gone back to it yet. I will. I know that it's a book so many people have recommended and apparently it's a really, really brilliant story. So I do really want to read that one. I just haven't been taken with novels lately. I also bought um, one by Sally Rooney, her latest book. I think it's called Beautiful World, Where Are You? And I want to get into it, but I'm just struggling I've read maybe three chapters and I'm kind of on the cusp of like, you know, do I keep pushing or do I cut my losses? It hasn't grabbed me yet, but I will report back. I'll let you know if I find any novels that I'm obsessed with and that I really enjoy. Next up, how to gain confidence after a narcissistic long-term relationship. I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry that you found yourself in that dynamic and that's hard. It it can be really, really hard to build your self-esteem and self-worth back up, but it's definitely not impossible and it's definitely worth it. And there will come a time when you probably look back on that relationship and you can be really, really grateful for the growth that it's provided you. But when you're in that place of not really knowing where to go, it can feel overwhelming. I would suggest um, perhaps seeing if you can make some appointments with a psychologist because it might be really helpful to engage in some talk therapy when you can talk things out and try and make sense of stuff. I think, you know, and I'm no expert on this at all, but from what I understand, I think that when you've been involved with a narcissist, it can make it really hard to trust other people and also trust your own judgment. So there's going to be a bit of healing to do. So I would suggest connecting with a psychologist or a type of therapy and there are so many different modalities available that feels right for you you may even find it helpful to speak with an intuitive healer like I've been speaking with Kirsten from the light path collective and I find that really really helpful but I also do that in conjunction with a um, psychologist 
If you don't have access to a psychologist right now, which I completely understand, perhaps having a read, looking up certain books on narcissism and healing from that, there there will be people that have, you know, spent years and years studying this dynamic that will be able to help you. But I think with anything in life, when we're looking to gain confidence, we have to build evidence. And the only way we can build evidence is by taking some action. So have a little think about what sorts of actions you might like to take. And the last question I will answer or last bit of maybe advice that I will offer is surrounding boundaries. So it says, I have a friend who constantly disregards my boundaries help. So I actually sent out an email last week about boundaries. So every Friday I'm sending out a love letter. If you want to get on that list, go to thefray.com and that is F-R-A-E.com, thefray.com, put your email address in. These letters that are coming out every Friday are just going to be on a variety of different topics and they will not be available anywhere else. And the one that went out last Friday was specifically on boundaries. So a couple of things that were included in that letter were just about how reframing boundaries is really important. Rather than thinking of a boundary as a line to keep someone out, think of a boundary as a line to protect like what you want to keep in, what you hold dear to you. And to also think about boundaries as a gift to other people. Because if you're continually letting someone step over and squash your boundary, then the relationship you have with that person is at risk. It's at risk of resentments forming. And when resentments form, it's it's hard to do the work to get rid of them. It's better off if we can just kind of keep resentments at bay as best as possible. And boundaries allow us to do that rather than getting frustrated and annoyed with someone. We can put a boundary in place to protect ourselves from that and to protect the relationship. So they really are a gift. So reframing boundaries are not bad. It's not necessarily about a line in the sand to keep something out. It's about a line in the sand of what you're going to keep in and what you hold dear and near to you. The other thing with boundaries is how important it is to remember that clear communication is kind. If you're going to establish a boundary with a friend, a romantic partner, a co-worker, be clear and kind in your delivery. That doesn't mean that you need to um, diminish the request, but just be really, really clear with what it is that you need. Don't be ambiguous and leave them guessing. So say a boundary for you is your friend constantly talks poorly of your partner. Rather than saying, hey, I just want to keep our conversations really positive. That might be too ambiguous. You're not drawing attention to the fact that when they speak negatively of your partner, it upsets you and it causes damage to your friendship. So be really clear in saying, hey, I really value you as a friend. I just wanted to let you know when my partner gets spoken about negatively, I feel upset and you don't need to make it about them. You can just say when this happens, I feel this way. I would like it if moving forward, we don't engage in those conversations because again, it's just owning your future potential resentments. It's being really, really clear. So clear is kind. Another thing that is important with boundaries is follow through. If you're going to establish a boundary, make sure you follow through on it and you're not continually 
dissolving that boundary yourself. Now, obviously, I don't have any more context on what this boundary is with your friend. That was just an example. But yeah, I think when it comes to establishing boundaries, knowing your worth, knowing it's a gift to the relationship, knowing that it's important to be kind and to also follow through and you can do it in a way that is not about keeping someone out, but it's just about what's protecting about protecting what's important to you. I hope that makes sense. All right, guys, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I hope it's provided some food for thought or just something that you might like to go and do now, which will make a positive difference to your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please do hit subscribe, hit follow to the podcast and also take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag me and then I can share it on my stories as well. And I look forward to speaking with you guys soon. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.